This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hales Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Laura Ricketts. At 83, she still lives on the Hilltown Farm, where she settled well over a half century ago after a peripatetic childhood. She fell in love at 17 with Raymond Ricketts. He managed a neighboring farm in Vermont, but at 16 couldn't drive. He'd take her to the movies on the back of a big workhorse. Together they raised three children on their 80-acre farm in Eastburn and were largely self-sufficient. She says in the midst of the pandemic, the hill towns are a good place to live. People really reach out to everybody, she says. Let's go back to that one-room schoolhouse. Tell us a little about what that was like. Oh, it was amazing. I can't believe it. I was an eighth grader when we had moved up there. My mother had remarried, and um, the teacher, Mrs. Boynton, had all eight grades. There was no kindergarten. But I was an eighth grader with one other girl in my class. She She had lesson plans, like, written out for every day. She had time as just the only teacher to even hear all those smaller children read. I just was amazed at how she ran. I mean, I can't compare it. I had gone to Catholic school in Rensselaer, New York, before that when my mother was a single mom with four kids. But anyway, that teacher was amazing. There was a wood stove there. We, You know, the kids would have to carry in wood for it and... I think we had to get water outside. This is a long time ago because I'm 83 now. Oh, wow. But, um, and, of course, we had playtime. I just, I couldn't believe how that teacher could handle eight grades. That's amazing. But, you know, it was all, she had everything planned before she got there. She would have I went there for one year. And And then I went to high school in Um, Woodstock, Vermont. And back then, we had to take a bus into Woodstock. Vermont was different. We had to pay for our ride from home to the high school, and we had to buy all our books in Vermont. I don't know how it is now. I mean, around here, you get that, you know, you get the free ride to school in your books if you go to to public schools. Yeah. So... uh, I know that you your family moved into the farm next to the Ricketts farm. Is that right? Well, no, not really. I, we moved into a farm. Gosh, I can't remember. My parents bought a farm next to a woman whose husband had gotten killed in an accident. Mm-hmm. And my to-be husband was managing the farm because the woman's husband had been killed in an accident. Oh, that was it. I knew oh. you told me that your husband was in the farm next door, but I hadn't realized he was just, he was there he managing dropped, it. He had dropped out of school, like in seventh grade, his father wanted him to help run the family farm, but eventually he, actually we got married when he was 17 and I was 18, so, you know, I didn't like him at first because I didn't even want to move there. I don't know how you can say with kids that happens, but... 
you know, I didn't want to leave Woodstock. I had a ring for my class. You know, I was doing good in school. And then you have to move when you're going to be a senior. But I did it. But it must have been a pretty quick courtship, love at first sight, because you got married within a year, right? I know it. I I met him. Right. I was going in my... I met him in 55, and we got married in 56. Well, he lived alone with his father, and then, I don't know, I guess we just fell in love and got married, because I had planned to go to college right after high school. I started working out in uh, Glens Falls for the New York Telephone Company. I had a job right away, because I graduated, you know, I was like fourth in my graduating class, so it wasn't hard to get a job. But then he wanted me to stay home. We started having family right away. And uh, he actually worked on farm jobs. He went to work for his stepfather, but that wasn't working too good. So after, uh, before we had our first child, actually, he said that he wanted to move to Canastota because he had an uncle there. And we moved out to Canastota, and he went to work in the, in, um, first he worked on the mucklands, which is where they grow lots of vegetables in Canastota. It's like real black soil. And then he, he got into a furniture factory. We stayed out there probably three years. And then we're kind of missing family because his mother and my mother were back in this area. My parents always moved a lot. My stepfather loved to buy property. So they were continually moving because they moved off of that farm that they bought in West Paulette and they moved back to Hampton Manor, which is in Rensselaer County. So eventually we moved from Canastota and uh, we went to Buzzkirk where Ray worked on another farm. But I moved a lot, it seemed, until I, until I landed where I am now. But So you made up for it once you landed here because you've been here a very long time. But it just, I remember hearing from you once about your courtship and how he would walk 12 miles to see you and that he'd pick you up on a big workhorse because he didn't have a car. It just sounded really kind of... Yeah, I have a little great-granddaughter that loves horses, and I'll never forget that. He All he had was a big draft horse, you know, and he would pick me up on it and we'd we would go back then to like Salem to the movies or something, Salem, New York, because we lived in that area. But, uh, you know, because actually he was probably still just like 16 and didn't have a lot of money for a car. Yeah, but, um, that's just a great story. I love it. And I know, too, you told me that he was like Dr. Doolittle. He could talk to animals, that he had this real way of communicating with animals that just sounded marvelous. Yeah, you know, he he could seem to do anything. I know my grandson here just had a t- trouble with uh, weasels, you know, and I I I remember Ray knew how to how to trap everything like it was getting into your pets, you know, like your chickens or something. And just like our house, I mean, I was just telling my sister he remodeled this old house we're in. I mean, neighbor neighbor guy was down here when he told me, "Wow, if my husband, you know, he said your husband was so talented cuz he just re- I never thought of it, but now I have a niece who's 
got Curtis Lumber doing her kitchen. I mean, Ray just did mine. It's beautiful. But, I mean, he did it in, he was older then. But uh, he could do anything. It's just amazing, you know. Yeah. Well, tell us about your house and farm. It's 80 acres. Is that right? Well, now I only have like 70 because I gave my son five acres and I gave my grandson five acres and they built houses here. Oh, that's lovely, though. They're nearby. Yeah, and that is wonderful for me because you probably remember I lost my husband in 2008. I do remember. So he was only 59 when he died. And uh, I... So my son lived across the road, but he died in 20 in accident. And then my grandson built me about 10 years ago. Well, anyway, he's he's actually the person that's there for me every day. Yeah. He comes here every day after work. and That's Brandon, right? Brandon Clark? Yeah, Brandon Clark. That's my grandson. And then I have one daughter left that lives on Beaver Dam Road, and she always takes me to the doctor's whenever I have a doctor's appointment. Because, I don't know, I don't like to drive in winter anymore because my arthritis is so bad. Well, you know, I worked 37 years for Cornell Cooperative Extension, too. Tell us about that. What was your work at Cornell Cooperative Extension? I was a nutrition instructor, and... and uh, I started there back when they gave the donated foods out. You know, you would get cans of Spam and cheese, and we had to go out and show people how to make meals with all these foods. And, I mean, it when I was there all those years, I started out working with young families, and then as it went on, I worked at the end. I, I retired in 2000 when I was 70, but I... um started working with a lot of the senior citizens, and believe it or not, they were not easy to always get them to eat good meals. So that was amazing, too. You know? Yeah, well, um, nothing's more important than good nutrition, no matter what age you are. So I know that I remember, too, you told me once um, that your husband had never had a birthday cake before you married him, and you baked him his first birthday right, he cake. He never had a birthday party or a, or a cake yeah. Until he met me, they just never, of course, his parents separated when he was, I think, in sixth grade or something. So he lived alone with his father, and they ran a farm. But so he never had much family life. So that was very near and dear to him. And then here on the farm, we were very self-sufficient. You know, we raised a big garden. We had a cow for milk. We cut the hay here to feed the animals, and he worked construction because he had given up farming. Well, he worked on farms until he was like 25 or something, I think, and then he went and joined the labor union, mm-hmm. and he worked on, first he worked like on the Empire State Plaza down there, and then he went on to building roads and stuff, but he always worked on construction. And then I got, I stayed home with the kids till I was early 30s, and then he wanted me to. And then I went to work one year at the school, and I wanted to work with the kids, but I worked in a cafeteria. And then I got the job at Cornell Cooperative Extension, which even when I left, they were would have been glad to have me stay longer. But... Yeah. 
I uh, decided it was time to retire. Well, 70, I think, is a good time to retire. But tell us a little about the most important things we should know about nutrition, since that's your specialty. Do you like to cook yourself? What kinds of things do you cook? Well, I don't cook as much as I used to since I'm alone. I I eat with my grandsons, but most of the time lately it's so cold out at night I stay here, but sometimes they eat with me or... Um, I have, like today, I have leftovers that I can have for tonight, but we always had, you know, cooked from scratch. I always cooked from scratch all those years. Yeah. And, uh, we grew, like I said, we grew most everything we ate. We always raised beef and pigs and had our own freezers full of food. That's a good way to live. <clears throat> I guess it prepares you for something like we're going through now. I know the last time we talked on the phone just, you know, about something else, you mentioned it is so hard for older people in a rural area um, with all the COVID restrictions. Um, you were saying how much you miss the, you used to go to the um, Hilltown Senior Center. And just tell us. Yes, and I miss they had, you know, we had that Tai Chi classes. Well, there is a group here now, it's called Hugs, and every week they usually bring me a little bag of food, and I mean, sometimes it'll have milk or eggs, and today, like, somebody dropped it off, it had cereal and a couple of cans of soup and raisins and some kind of a chicken in that's ready to eat, you know, they they try to think of what the seniors are eating, I guess, it, but the hugs group is very good. I mean, you can call them a couple of, I'd say a couple of women in Burns started it and they, they do it every week. And I don't, I imagine it'll last until this pandemic is over because I haven't really been in a grocery store. Um, my granddaughter, Brandon's significant other takes me, she goes in the store and I sit in the car and watch the people go by. Well, that's um, a good way to stay safe, and it's really great that you have them right nearby like that. Have you been in... She even took me yesterday. She has her grandmother living with her now, but she took both of us to get our first uh, vaccine shot. Oh, that's wonderful. Tell us about that experience. Was it down at the University of Albany? Yeah, and uh, Jen, first she made, her name is Jen Smith. She first made the appointment, and it was going to be February 18th, but then she's good on the computer, so she, because her grandmother's going to be 90 in April, and she's had her grandmother come to live with her in November because grandmother had fallen and was in rehab for a while. Mm -hmm. But, um, so she, she was going to have us different days, but she took both of us down to the university. We had a one fifteen appointment, and uh, we weren't too far from the door going in, but when we got in there, they asked us if we wanted a wheelchair. Well, we could see they're going to make you get the shot, and then you have to wait a while, so we took wheelchairs. It was very fast. I didn't even feel the shot. The nurse was so good. Then after we got the shot, we went to a waiting area, and then... Jen asked them how far it was back to the car, so they they had volunteers. One volunteer pushed one of us, and she pushed the other one, and we went back to the car. And I have no 
uh, reaction from it, so we're fine, and I believe her grandmother is too. Oh, that's wonderful news! So you you'll she be has getting more appointments. You'll be getting she a second already shot. has a point to take both of us back February 11th for the booster. So that'll be a great Valentine. You will be. COVID protected in time for Valentine's Day. You can hug people. <laughs> That's great. Right. Won't that be wonderful? Yeah. Yeah. The hug sent bag over today, and it was a box of candy in it. I thought, well, that's nice. They're so thoughtful, you know. Yeah, that's they great. Get, they buy gifts for people, too. But, um, but tell us about what you usually do with the seniors. And I'm wondering about your church. I know you were active in that. I mean, are you not able to do that either because of the COVID? Well, I started going to, my grandson started taking me to St. Matthew's in Voorheesville probably like, oh, maybe over a year ago, because you probably heard that Thompson's Lake Church had not renewed the contract with, Reverend Van Hees that was here. I did. I talked to Reverend Van Hees after he had left. I think he's in, was it Chicago now? He's, yeah. Yeah, that's, well, I just, I I don't know why, but I didn't, I didn't, I had always gone to Catholic Church in Bern, but when that moved, it was close to just go over here to Thompson's Lake, but I could never accept that here was, they got somebody, such a good person to run the church, and then they really didn't give any reason. You're supposed to just believe that the consistory had a reason, that maybe they didn't think he did enough of something. I don't know what, because I never found any fault. So I was going to St. Matthew's, but then when this pandemic, I have, you know, you can watch on the on the phone or, you know, St. Matthew's is on the, you can see it on your phones, they they record the masses. But you have to make appointments, so I haven't been going. Isn't that interesting? Grand- They're recorded grand- and then you listen to them through your phone. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I did talk to the priest at St. Matthew's around Easter time, and he was saying, you know, how Easter, it's like a desert Lenten leading up to that, but we won't have our our sense of reunion until later, and boy, it's certainly become a whole lot later, hasn't it? Yes, I know. I don't know how long this is going to last. Well... So- You've been through so much in your life. I know. I just, like, what is it that keeps you going? What what makes you so strong? What Where do you draw your your vigor from? What gets you? I think, I think it's from family, really, because I've always had strong feelings for family. And uh, you probably... You know, seeing I I have uh, five grandchildren and seven great grandchildren, and one child left out of my three. So, but I mean, I see them all a lot, and that that's what my life goes around. You know, is the family. Yeah, um, I remember when you wrote your other- when you wrote your column. You always had so many family functions, so many things that your family did together. You know, just different. Events and, and we, yeah, we still do that, you know, and we try to, 
to we got together at my daughter's house at Christmas. You know, now it's usually a small group here or there because we're hoping for this to be over and think we could get together again. Yeah. Um, but tell us just what it's like because you're still. I mean, you've given two, you know, five chunk acre chunks away and that's great to have them nearby but still that's 70 acres and you <laughs> is it hard being alone that much with the not the, your usual social life that you had how do you kind of cope on a day-to-day basis um my days go pretty fast uh like i said my sister came to visit and Jen just came over. Brandon's significant other came over. I get, I do get company, you know, and um, I don't know. I was always very active, you know. I was very active in the Eastern Star. I was even matron in that, and I, but I don't go out as much. I mean, I go down to their house a lot. My daughter lives on a mountain, you know. She lives down on Beaver Dam Road. My two grandsons helped me get up there for Christmas. It's a a lot of steps up to her house. Oh, but how wonderful but, uh, to live on a mountain. I bet she has a great view. She does. And she calls me every day. I mean, I have a, a lot of communication with family. That's wonderful. And, and I, I remember, too, you have, like, wisdom. <laughs> I remember, like, there were things you would tell me your husband said. I'm trying to think of one. I've, I've told it to my family, too, because we were thinking about getting another dog. And um, one of your husband's saying was, if you have one dog, you've got a dog. If you have two dogs, you've got half a dog. If you have three dogs, you've got no dog at all. <laughs> I mean, and I kind of really think that happens, too, you know, if you have I did have two dogs for a while because my son got me a dog after my husband died. And then my son died, and I ended up, I still have his, he had gotten a Doberman puppy, and I still have her. But, I mean, it is true. I see my granddaughter has three dogs up. Well, now she's got two, but it seems like they, I don't know, they just can get in. They don't pay as much attention as if you just have one. That's true. So how? who is the Doberman? What's the Doberman's name? Reba, R-E-B-A. Danny couldn't figure out what to name her. And when I, out at the House Cave Veterans Veterinary Hospital, they always said that's a good country name. Yeah. Her name is Reba Ricketts because Danny was still, you know, my son was Ricketts. Yeah, no, that's great. And it's nice to have a dog. A dog is a good, a good companion, I think. But, I mean, you've been through so much with your husband dying and then your son and then your daughter, and yet you always seem so resilient and vibrant. I just don't know if you have any advice for us or how you manage to do that. Well, I find I miss the ones that are gone, but I find, you know, you got to make the most of what you got left. And, you know, I have the family and all the great grandkids that I can find, you know, I know it. I mean, these kids are so cute. And even Cassie, my granddaughter, has a four-year-old that's in pre-K. I mean, I laugh at everything that, like, I have a Santa Claus suit that Marge Capuano made. I'll say probably 28 years ago, I bought it from her for $100. She sold it. 
now my daughter has it and her husband wears it for for Christmas. And when he came in to see the kids on Christmas, that little four-year-old said to him, Santa Claus, where did you get the the candy from Germany? <laughs> and he's going, I don't know. <laughs> but she she comes up, you know, these kids come up with the the funniest stories you can ever think of, you know. Yeah, and oh, they're that's so great. That's great. Zoe, Just... my my son's little granddaughter. I mean, she's all about horses and. The kids are just so active, you know, and Miles, my one grandson, Brandon's brother, teaches over in Cairo, Durham, but the ki- the kids are, they're just excited to come over here. They all, they like, uh, Kate calls me Gigi for great-grandma, you know, and they, I don't know, they, they just come up with the nicest stories and then Jen has a son Ian I mean he's fits right into the family too he's a ninth grader and I know I love school I really love love what they're doing in school I'm so proud of Burn Knox Westerlo because they've been carrying on through this and believe it or not uh, some of the kids were going like I know Ian was going two days on and two days off, but he'd rather go every day, and they're letting him do it because there's still some kids that are going the part-time. And I know Chris Smith is Jen's brother. His his son, Clay, wants to go all the time, so they love to go to school. It, and so does Kate. She's a four-year-old, and she has that Miss Prescott, who's a wonderful teacher in Bern. I mean, I think they have great teachers dedicated Yes, it's a real anchor, a school, and especially in a time like this, it's become clear just how important school can be. But um, I just wonder if you have any kind of parting words for our listeners. I'm so encouraged that you got your vaccination, (laughs) and you'll be able to... Well, that was thanks to Jen, because she was really anxious to have her grandmother and I get that, you know, because... It's scary. My daughter's even want, Kathy, my daughter's only 62, but she's worried about it because, you know, you worry if you happen to bump, and her husband drives for UPS, so she worries. And Brandon works at the Veterans Hospital, so he's always been really careful, you know, of, but he's been, he's always been a wash your hands person, but. Yeah, well, that's more important than ever now for all of us. But I just am so um, uplifted by talking to you because the last time we talked, you said something like, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to suffer. And I just was worried. I don't want to get the COVID because they heard you can get spots. And, oh, you know, Alice Gibbs had it, and she, I guess – these girls on the hugs group, they had it, and I guess they had a lot of headaches and vomiting. It's oh, like, dear. oh my gosh. No, I didn't know Alice had it. Gosh, is she all right? She says she's cleared by the, by the health department now because she's always doing something for somebody, you know? Yeah, gosh. She writes a column, a little, you know, Hellerberg Senior's column for us. And, I, of course, nobody's writing anymore because nobody's gathering anymore. But I, I'm glad she's all right. Well, thank- well you know, up here in, in the hill towns, I find that people really reach out to everybody. I'm sure if I, I have family, so I'm lucky. But 
because my son's daughter lives in the house that he built. So I and then I have Brandon and Jen in the house that Brandon built. You know, so mm-hmm. I have family close by, but all the neighbors up here. I mean, people are very caring about everyone. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but they're very good. You know, if you needed anything, you know, they would be there. Well, that's important. That's really kind of the most important thing, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, thank you so Um, much, Laura. Do you have any parting words or thoughts for us as we sign off here? I just think everybody just, you know, we got to be happy with what we have and be so thankful that, I don't know, our, our community has, people can get food if they need it, you know, and I'm sure they can get rides if they need it. So I, I hope nobody feels lost in this because it is it's a it's a lonely time when you're going through this because you can't hang out. I haven't seen the school since they you know they've remodeled it, but you can't go in the school because right. they have to be careful, you know. Right. They let all the kids in, but they can't let other people in. But I had a wonderful life with my husband. I mean, everything he was a good father and a good provider and his family, you know, he was always for family and that's always what's kept us going. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. I really appreciate it. I really missed my daughter that died too, you know, cause and of course, son, he, 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 my son was here every day cause he went on, you know, he worked for UPS, but his last, he was going to retire in five years when he died. So, you know, it's, I it's know. just hard to lose he your, died so your kid. Young. He died at 60, uh, 50. Yeah, I just can't imagine anything worse as a mother. That's, well, I, my daughter was 60, but she would have turned 61 soon, but it's way too young to lose them. Yes. And my husband was 69. I mean, gee was I thought, I don't know, you think you'd be together till the, nearly the end, but it don't happen. But there are the senior groups... They're, they're, the senior groups were wonderful up here, but they, they can't get together, so, you know, we have to be careful. But, well, yeah, all the people you, you hear about, like Alice and all them, they're, they're all kind people. I don't, you know, I've lived up here, oh, probably I would have been married like 64 years, I think, and I've lived up, up here most of it. Yeah. We moved to the hill towns back before Danny was born. So we actually, my parents had bought a farm in Knox and they knew that Marvin Zimmer down the road was looking for someone, but I didn't even come with Ray when he came to apply for the job working at the farm over in Knox because I didn't want to encourage him because it would be near my mother, but he took the job. And I mean, we've never left the hill town since then. You found the right place. After all that moving around as a child, you put down your roots and you shot up your branches and you have many, many family branches now. 